can't judge a person and it turns out you didn't have the whole story? Ever learn there was a lot more to that story than you first realized? I'm Kimberly. And I'm Rebecca. Join us as we separate the little lies from the big reputations. Welcome back. Welcome back. How is everyone? Um, well, personally, okay, but yeah. existentially, I don't know. <laughs> As a nation, we're, we're struggling. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we both did some traveling. Like, I went to New Orleans, you went to Canada, and America went back to 1952. Yeah, like, yeah. well, while I was in Canada, and I was like, hmm, why did you come back? <laughs> why did I come back? <laughs> That's a very good question. No, they've they've got their own issues for sure, but... They, um, they do, but, but they're different. Yeah. They're more manageable. What a way to start this off. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Canada. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. How was New Orleans? Hot. Oh, my God, so hot. Yeah. See, we went during uh, unknown to us. It was, it was a heat wave. Like, went with a couple of girlfriends, and the first night, like, one of them almost passes out. And I'm just like, oh. Was it Naomi? No, no. <laughs> Naomi was a trooper. She, she was the one who was like, we got this, guys. But one of my friends like almost passes out. And I'm just like, New Orleans is not for everybody. And like two days later, I almost pass out. And like we're on this tour, this walking tour through the Garden District. And the guy's like, yeah, this is the hottest day of the year. I haven't had a tour this hot at all. You guys are troopers for making it. And then I was like, oh, I allowed myself to like feel the heat and be okay because i was just like this is fine i'm I'm that little dog in the meme with like the fire all around him (laughs) this is fine like i can if if they can do it i can do it i'm fine and then he was like no this is not normal and i was like okay thank god i'm gonna throw up in a bush because i'm so hot right now but other than it being disgustingly hot it was so great the food was so good and uh, you know originally you had invited me to go on that trip too But I said I couldn't go because I was traveling like all the other weekends in June. And I was like, I just need one to rest. And it turned out that was a good thing because I had COVID, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I think by the time you left, I was cleared up. But mm-hmm. Sean still was testing positive until that Sunday. So, And we left on Tuesday. So we barely made it under the wire for testing negative. Like... What a what a little miracle. Yes. <laughs> Very grateful. We also experienced uh, one of the hottest days this year in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. It reached like 82 degrees, 85 degrees, oh something goodness. like that. <laughs> me, me over here with my 102 in like New Orleans, 82, I wish. Yeah. It was, I guess, does it feel like, does it feel like warmer? Than- well, it did. On the day that we, so we did a bunch of hiking, right? Mm -hmm. And we were in the mountains a bunch and all of this. But there was one day where we were in this grassland area. So it was a lot more exposed. Mm -hmm. And that was like the hottest day. And and so we also did the hardest hike where we did like like a thousand foot elevation gain in like the first half mile or something. I don't know. It was... Sean and I took the next day off from the hiking and just let my 19-year-old brother do mountain biking. We were like, yeah, no, the old folks, we need a break. My my joints need to rest. Yeah. Sean was worried about his knee and I was having trouble breathing. And and we were less than a week out of COVID, like trying to hike mountains. Look at you. 
But it was a blast. I'm so glad we did it. Um, we saw so many different cool parts of British Columbia. We'll have to share a couple of the pictures. There's this, these lakes that we saw. You in have Banff. really awesome looking pictures. They looked fake. There's this one picture of of Sean and my brother and mm-hmm. I where like I sent it to my parents and my stepmom was like, "No, that's like." a screen a backdrop yeah, like, like a roll down backdrop it seriously looks like that and also the way my brother is kind of leaning into the photo <laughs> it looks like we just photoshopped him in <laughs> so what does so i had shown my husband theo a picture and he was like oh is that banff and i'm like what what do you what do you know about this but he like knew based on like one shot what is banff it's a Canadian National Park. Oh, okay. And it's definitely very famous. And especially if you showed him one of the lake per- pictures, yeah. like Lake, uh, probably Lake Louise, I would say that's one of the most famous lakes in that area. Mm. And it's got this like turquoise Caribbean color. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And yeah, just in the middle of the mountains like that. And um, <laughs> she's already hot. We had to it turn the air conditioner. so hot. Here, like how? Before I was like, well, I'm a little bit cold, so it'll be nice when we record. Like, I'll like warm up a little bit. But now it's just like, oh, guess I what? I think because you were sitting directly in Maybe. the stream of the air, and now you're in like, the stream of nothing. Hell. <laughs> we got Speaking our, our, of our stream of hell. Yeah, America. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. So we're not going to really get into it today because I think we want to do our next episode at least touching on the topic. Emergency episode because America needs it. Well, we do. I don't know because I could sit and talk literally all day about it. So like we're going to. Yeah, we're definitely going to to do that. And it probably won't be as in-depth as some other sources you might be able Mm -hmm. to to access but we want to do like an introduction to roe v wade we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about the history behind it and um you know maybe some of the the cases along the way and the recent changes that have been made you know um you've already found some interesting bits that have um, interesting isn't the right word but some like horrifying pieces of information i've been sharing it pretty aggressively on the uh the Instagram. I feel like that's my my love language is, is sharing horrible things and and letting people know horrible things that are happening. Because I feel like some people aren't paying attention and like they need to be. And like I've decided it's my job to like make people pay attention. So, I mean, I think people know what we're talking about. But um, at least nine states in America have born have born. Mm, no, not born. Um, have banned abortion. So including Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Texas, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. So yeah, that's and a lot of states and a lot of women who are a lot of people with uteruses who are affected, are going to be affected. And there's, I mean, we'll get more, to, we'll talk more on it next time, but there's, there's far reaching aspects of that. And it's, scary it's a really scary time and it goes even beyond people who who get pregnant right Mm -hmm. like i read about something where someone's medication was canceled on them because it could potentially cause a miscarriage and they weren't even i did read that too Yeah. yeah so we'll we'll sort of talk about some of that for for the next episode mm-hmm. and that, i think that's the first time we've spoiled for you what our yeah. our next episode is going to be but it's a serious one it's serious. It's, it's pretty important and yeah. uh, we hope we can do it at least a degree of justice unlike the supreme court 
So what are we talking about today? In 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 better news, brighter lights. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a complete turn of topic because yes. if you pay attention to our little episode system, you'll notice we cover three uh, real life women, one fictional woman, and then a big topic, and we we rotate through that. So this week we are on a fictional woman. So today we're going to be discussing the famous or perhaps infamous DC villain slash antihero Harley Quinn. We'll look into her relationship with the Joker, her friendship or romantic relationship with Poison Ivy, her involvement in the Suicide Squad, and her role in the creation of the Birds of Prey. Then we'll consider the different iterations of Harley Quinn over the years and how these changes, both physical and mental, have influenced how audience perceive her character. Finally, we'll address the importance of imperfection in complex female characters and what might be brewing below the surface of Harley Quinn's actions and why she behaves the way she does. So just some trigger warnings. We're going to mention mental, physical, and emotional abuse. Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, is a character developed by DC Comics. Quinn was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm as a comedic relief henchwoman for the supervillain The Joker in Batman the Animated Series. She's first seen on screen in the show's 22nd episode, Joker's Favor, that premiered on September 11th, 1992. The word Harlequin, Harley Quinn, refers to a stock character in Italian theater. This character is known for being a clown-like figure, engaging in good-natured joking and amusing tricks. Harlequin's outfits started out as peasant-like clothes covered in bright patches, then developed into a tight-fitting costume with bright triangles and diamond shapes and a black half-mask. So this is reflected really heavily in the original look of Harley Quinn. So Paul gained inspiration for Harley from his friend, actress Arlene Sorkin. She was working on the soap opera Days of Our Lives when she did a fantasy scene that called for her to dress up as a court jester. Denny had been looking for someone to play alongside of the Joker. Sorkin provided inspiration by way of personality, mannerisms, and also the voice for Harley Quinn. Quinn started off as a villain, but has evolved into an antihero, we could say. An antihero or an antiheroine is a main character in a story who lacks conventional heroic qualities and attributes such as idealism or morality. And I think that that particular one is very strong with her. So like we said, Quinn started off on Batman the Animated Series from when she was introduced, people loved her. So she was written into more episodes, becoming a recurring character, and then she even got solo adventures. Almost a year later, Harley Quinn was adapted into DC's comic books, debuting in the 12th issue of The Batman Adventures. This introduction to print marked her as here to stay. She even got a one-shot. In comics, a one-shot is like a limited series based on one person. In The Batman Adventures, Mad Love, we learn about Harley's origin story. Told via flashbacks, we learn that Dr. Harleen Quinzel, a psychiatrist, was working at Arkham Asylums, was a prison for the criminally insane. There, she becomes involved with a patient, the Joker. She learns about his childhood, the abuse, his seemingly lifelong war with the Batman, and basically all of his hardships. Harleen becomes sure that she can save him and allows the Joker to escape. Now, his escape is short-lived, and after another run-in with Batman, he is back in Arkham. He's badly beaten, and Harleen can no longer stand by, so she puts on the Jester outfit, breaks the Joker out of jail, and becomes his girlfriend but also his sidekick. So she's now Harley Quinn, and her sole goal is to help the Joker end Batman. 
That way, the Joker is free to start a life of marital bliss with her. So her life of crime begins, but it's supposed to be a short-lived one. There have been a few twists on this origin story over the years. Different writers add different themes, but most stay true to this. She always becomes his love, his henchman, and then finally a punching bag. Yikes. The transition from kid-friendly TV henchman to comic book villain was a dark one. Her creator, Paul Dini, started to expand her character to keep up with the Joker, who in the comics was twisted and evil. To do this, Dini gave Quinn abilities and friends. Besides being a trained psychiatrist, she's also a very skilled gymnast. This gives her increased stamina, strength, and excellent flexibility. She also gains immunity to various toxins. This was gifted to her via a special potion made for her by her friend, Poison Ivy. Over the years, Harley Quinn has had a few reboots. One of the biggest came in September of 2011. Now, DC was going through a bit of a renaissance, and they created a series called The New 52. It was basically a relaunch of its entire line with the publication of 52 new comic series. Yeah, I've actually, the only new 52 comic that I've read myself is Vibe. And in that version, they actually make him a better developed character than he had been in previous appearances. Mm -hmm. So he was sort of just like a big brute character, all like muscle, tough guy, whatever. But they actually give him some brains in this in this reboot of him. So I think it was kind of a way for them to bring in like more complex or better representation of their characters. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't read the Harley Quinn stories from the new 52, but um, it might be worth checking out. Yeah, I think so. In the New 52 version of Harley Quinn, written by Adam Glass, it has her joining the Suicide Squad. So the Suicide Squad um, is brought together by a woman named Amanda Waller. It's basically called a Task Force X. Um, so she brings together these people in the DC universe. They're the deadliest criminals. She offers them the chance to earn their freedom by taking on missions so dangerous that death is almost guaranteed. Hence the unit's nickname, Suicide Squad. That's interesting. It's that whole premise of like using... Uh, criminals to like help solve mm -hmm. bigger crimes and yeah. kind of using them in that way. But in this case, it's, it's sort of allowing them to use their vigilante villain type mm -hmm. superpowers. Well, it's also so that like if they get caught, they can just be like, well, those are criminals. Yeah. We don't know them. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those under the table, like, Oh, yeah. this is an official, but mm -hmm. a criminal committing crime. You say what? Yeah. <laughs> But with this new iteration in the new 52, Quinn's look ends up being quite different from the previous versions of her. You know, when I think of the traditional Harley Quinn, it's that mm. red and black outfit yeah, with the, with a little the jester yeah. bit, um, which is very much like the Harlequin that we were talking about mm -hmm. before. But now we see her skin being really bleach white and the red and black jester outfit gone replaced by a red and blue corset and hot pants like you do so while the new 52 did a good job with improving vibe maybe <laughs> less with harley quinn i don't know that's just my personal opinion her previously blonde hair took on a red and blue hue too so uh we see that in the the film versions with they dye her her pigtails and everything uh, but most notably is a change in her personality, right? Now she's a little less funny and quirky, and she's a little more violent and psychotic. 
Who's not? I, I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> we all go a little mad sometimes. All right, so the new look came with a new-ish origin story. So she was still a doctor that fell in love with the Joker, but in this version, the doctor takes Harleen Quinzel to a chemical plant where he was originally where he originated from years ago, like how he became the Joker. Okay. Um, so he pushes her into a vat of chemicals against her will, which bleaches her skin and drives her insane. So resulting in her transformation into Harley Quinn. So her her transition to Harley Quinn in this version is against her will yes. as opposed to the earlier version where she made the active decision mm-hmm. to like, I mean, like, even if it was out of a weird love of this criminal Mm -hmm. it was her choice and her decision and here it's it's kind of forced upon her yeah that's fucked up yeah in the next wave of the harley quinn story a husband and wife team take over uh jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor start writing for harley quinn in 2013 and this is the version of harley quinn that's pretty close to what we see now uh, in the films in particular, Mm -hmm. but also in the comics. So Jimmy and Amanda explore Harley Quinn living on her own. She's leaving Gotham. She starts a new life in her hometown of Brooklyn, where she's established as an antihero who's working on herself after getting out of a controlling relationship. Their writing style gave Harley the space to explore hobbies, friendships, and relationships. Under the two of them, Quinn is more lighthearted and less maniacal. She's still violent, but now she channels that through roller derby. Harley Quinn's longtime friend Poison Ivy becomes a recurring character in the series. Palmiotti and Connor build on the relationship between the two women and even hint at romantic feelings between them. Poison Ivy is shown kissing Harley Quinn multiple times throughout the series, and a sexual relationship between them is alluded to in the 25th issue. Some of the changes in the print comics make their way to the big screen via the 2016 film Suicide Squad. Harley is played by Australian actress Margot Robbie. This Harley resembles the Suicide Squad comic book written by Glass. So basically what we said about the task force that transfers over to the movie as well. Quinn's wardrobe in this film is booty shorts, high heeled sneakers, fishnet stockings and a tattered T-shirt. Now, she is wearing more than she wears in the comic books, but we'll come back to that later. Now, our most current version of Harley Quinn tends to match the free spirit independent persona that Jimmy and Amanda established in their wave of the New 52. Both in the 2020 film Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn and 2021 Suicide Squad. Yes, it's the sequel to the 2000. 16 Suicide Squad, and it's called The Suicide Squad. I feel like that's a bit of an erasure since Suicide Squad didn't do well, but like, you I know digress. what? I'm okay. Like, erase, erase it. Like, yeah. The, the, the second one, uh, the 2021 one directed by James Gunn is much better. It's much better. Well, and especially after the way that uh, Harley Quinn's character was re reconceptualized mm-hmm. in birds of prey i think yes. it only makes sense rather than having it regress to what she was like in oh, 2016 yeah. it definitely it, she her character couldn't go back like it wouldn't make any sense if her character went back to like the 2016 suicide squad like mm-hmm. it it would be like a completely different person it wouldn't have made sense both these films give harley a softer side like she's clearly in her anti-hero phase 
She's joker-free, and she's learning what that means and how the world treats her based on this. Speaking of how people see her, let's talk about the Joker, a.k.a. Putin, a.k.a. the love of her life, Mr. J. I just watching the Birds of Prey movie this morning, because mm-hmm. that's what I do is watch right before <laughs> we record. Um, how do you, like, as a, as a professor, how? It's fresh in my brain. I guess. <laughs> um, it just, those nicknames and like, look, I have nicknames for my husband and, mm-hmm. and all of that, but I think there was something about the way she said them that just was like, ooh, that it gave me the creeps thinking about what their relationship had been like. Yeah. Even though I knew that in that film she was moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like when you see I there was a time, maybe like maybe like mm, seven, ten years ago, where you would see couples being like, I'm Harley Quinn and he's the Joker. And like they thought that was like romantic. And even then I was like, mm, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Like, yeah. people have, like, tattoos of the two of them, and it's like, mm, that's weird. Your I, yeah, relationship and you know why goals it's are weird? wrong. You know why it's weird? It's weird because their relationship is so abusive. Yeah. So while you can say that, yes, the Joker had feelings for her, but, like, the need for him to get his own way always came first. Yeah, exactly. Any kindness that he... Wow. It's behind your computer. Oh. What is it? What's so important? We're reaching Twitter. out to see how you feel about issues affecting New York. Take our short survey. Who's that from? Is it from Mayor Adams? Oh, just nonsense. Oh, I got one of those emails where it was like, send us this much money now in Bitcoin or we'll release your pornography oh. to the... <laughs> Like, I'm sorry I sent we, that to you. We, it was like, no, we hacked your webcam and we saw you like... What on earth? Yeah. First of all, no and yeah. none of the above, but thank you very much. Like, um, You're going to need to try harder than this. Like you should maybe just apply for a job because it's not going like, for you. If you don't send us this money within 48 hours of reading the email, we're going to send this to your friends and family. That's... Scary, but like also not because like you know you don't have anything and it's just like right this is stupid get yeah. out of here yeah no honestly you just got to put the little like clip over your camera i always just good. unplug it like i have one that like except for this computer but like, well, yeah your laptop it's built in and that's the yeah. thing is they imply that they hacked into your laptop uh, and like you know it's a whole thing could you hack into it without the light going on because this has like an obnoxiously bright light when it's recording probably not no I, I think you're safe. I'm like, should I put it? I don't. All it's going to see is me like well, eating cashews while I'm like shopping online. <laughs> That's all it's going to see. <laughs> me yelling at my dog to get off my lap while I'm trying to type. That's all it's going to see. Oh, Just my Pete. sad face. Telling it, angled Pete. down. Listen, he's adorable, but he can be a real asshole. Sometimes. No, he can. He can. He's he. I would like protect him from anything mm. but sometimes i'm like really be really he's like, like I, he's the joker he's like i have to be the most comfortable i don't care about it's you. true <laughs> if i let him sleep in the bed when i'm watching him mm-hmm. he just yeah, like if. <laughs> well, yeah like i would ever say no but like what is that it's a queen size bed mm-hmm. and i'm like on the edge of it and he's just like 
this tiny little like 12 inch dog who's taking up the rest of it and then he like <laughs> sticks out his limbs when he gets really comfortable so oh. like he'll stick them into you sometimes and sometimes if you try and move him he'll like growl and it's like bro <laughs> you can't like i'm gonna fling you across this bed like you're mm-hmm. i'm falling off the bed like don't growl at me because i'm trying to move you yeah yep he's spoiled only he in that respect like he doesn't get like steak tidbits or anything but like no he, he can, gets like, rice and he eats it out from his kibble <laughs> like i mix them together and he's like no i just want the rice i'm he gonna only, pick that up he only got that because like he won't eat sometimes if like we're not there right so i'm like let me give him something that he like can't say no to and like is filling rice mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. all right this has been a nice detour into like dog world Aww. pete's corner <laughs> oh we should have him like <laughs> like blues clues no oh my gosh poor blues clues wait why i don't know <laughs> it's gone isn't oh, it gone okay. isn't it done i don't know I don't, what am i blue has a mother like of a two like i have owner. no clue it was know. like steve and steve's brother and steve's cousin and there has been at least three guys who have played the lead steve, on blues yeah Clues. i don't know what they're doing now with Blue's Clues. I know Steve came back for a little bit to like yeah, they tell had us like all a that reunion. he missed us. Do you remember that? There yeah. was like a video and like everyone our age was like, oh my God, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we needed to hear from you, Steve. Thank you. That was nice. It was nice. Where were we? I don't know. Any kindness that the Joker offers her is because he can get something out of it, mm-hmm. right? He understands how devoted that Harley Quinn is to him and he leans into it. From leaving her as a distraction for Batman while making a quick getaway, classy guy, Mm -hmm. to stealing her evil ideas and taking credit for them. Every workforce in America. (laughs) That's why you you CC everybody on your ideas. You never just tell your boss because then she'll take it and she'll say it was her idea. Then she'll leave the company and it'll be like, wow, she has such a good idea. It's so sad she doesn't work here anymore. Really, it wasn't her idea, was it? See, it's funny you did that because I was mm. making it a gendered thing where he would take it, but oh, apparently I mean, a real life a thing that thing. happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, no matter what, the Joker is here for what he can get from Harley. It's all about what good she does him. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Harley Quinn is just head over heels in love with the Joker. In her mind, this is the love of her life. And once things are done with the Batman and the Joker's ruling things, they can finally settle down and just be happy. Okay, girl. <laughs> anyway, in the 2016 version of Suicide Squad, the villain, who's named the Enchantress, has this power which shows people what they most want in the world. So in a fantasy montage, we see all of the team's desires. In Harley Quinn's vision, she pushes a button on the dryer labeled normal and opera music starts. Her hair is in rollers. She's got a baby on her hip, another in a high chair, and the Joker's in a suit on his way to work. They are a normal, blissfully happy family. This reminded me so much of like, the I don't know if you've ever seen them on Twitter. Um, it's Men Write Women. It's no. a Twitter account and it's all like people send in when, when it's a, oh, something written by a man about I've a woman. Seen that. And yeah. usually it's like, oh, her boobs were like 
bouncing separately <laughs> one at a time as she like went up the stairs or yeah. something. I'm like, mm, boobs don't work that way, but cool. Like you try it. But like this gives me that vibe too. It's like, oh, this is this must be what a woman would want. This is what she, she would aspire to. Yeah. And not to say that like you know, being at home and having kids mm-hmm. is, is something you shouldn't aspire to. But the assumption that Harley Quinn, PhD psychiatrist, yeah, that this is her ultimate goal just seems really cheap to me. I don't know. I, no, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Because why isn't, you know, it could be the Joker's getting the kids ready and like she's on her way to her appointment because yes. she's a fucking doctor. Snaps. Snaps. <laughs> So in a scene before this, uh, Quinn is reading the riot act to another character named El Diablo. He's a fellow team member. He's telling the story of his family and how he was the reason that they're dead. His character seems really interesting and they didn't really develop it in that movie. So there's so many problems. Was I have it a with Latino that movie. character? Yeah. And there's also a Native American character who dies so quickly. <laughs> like it's embarrassing how short he's in this movie. It, that's a whole nother podcast. If you just want to like talk to me about movies, I don't know reach out it doesn't have to be a podcast we can just chat about it somewhere but like that movie not great for the minorities but anyway so el diablo is talking about like what happened to his family and like how he's the reason why they're dead so he's saying that he tried to have a normal life and quinn responds normal is a setting on the dryer people like us don't get normal that's interesting in correspondence with her own fantasy, mm-hmm. right? So I guess it's like, that's why it's a fantasy. So whether she understands that it could never happen or she thinks that maybe she doesn't deserve a normal life, like she certainly didn't pick a normal partner. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Harley has tied herself to a man that cannot love her the way she wants. First of all, he's abusive. Mm-hmm. Their love story starts with him literally throwing her into a vat of chemicals that forcibly turns her into Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. At least in this new, in the new iteration. Yeah. Throughout the different cartoons and comics, there's always been violence depicted. You know, kicks in the face, uh, him hitting her with a car, keeping her in chains, shooting her, and even offering her to another man at a club. Like... It's fucked up. Yeah. So even when Harley does manage to successfully go out on her own and do things, like she actually, she abducts Batman for the Joker. The Joker is mad that she's best at Batman and not him. Like you did, she did the thing that he had wanted to do. So what does he do? Instead of being proud of his girl for like finally beating the Batman, he beats her up and he lets Batman go. But that was your whole goal, right? Like, but you had to do it. Yes. It doesn't count if he hasn't done mm-hmm. it. It's- and like, how dare she steal his dream from him? So like, violence, violence, violence. Against the woman instead of against Batman. Instead, ba- Yeah. And Batman goes free. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Joker is emotionally abusive as well. He tells Harley Quinn that it's painful to love her and that she's a distraction. But when she tries to gain some independence... He comes back around to put her in her place. It's that constant like, no, I don't want you, but Mm -hmm. no one else can have you. Exactly. Right. He's unable and unwilling to reciprocate her kindness or love, but he also refuses to live without it. Mm -hmm. So like, why is she so obsessed with him? So there's a couple of reasons. So there's one thing called like the Florence Nightingale syndrome. So this is basically when a caregiver falls in love with their patient. The Joker lied about his past, making himself seem more sympathetic. He just needed someone to take care of him. Enter Quinn. She feels like she, like he needs her. 
she can't abandon him. Like she would be betraying their love and herself as a doctor. I'm sorry. Um, dude, like sleeping with your patient, Mm -hmm. that's betraying yourself as a doctor. Like, no, just no. Is that in the Hippocratic oath? I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's, 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 it's highly frowned upon. In highly fact, frowned upon. In fact, I know it is. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's fucked up and it shouldn't. And it's an abuse of power in mm-hmm. most cases. In this situation, it's kind of reversed because the Joker is so manipulative. Mm-hmm. But whether the patient will be the manipulative one or the doctor will, it is definitely an abuse of power. But, you know, the Joker is a cult-like character he's darkly charismatic sure you know in both 2008's the dark knight and 2019's joker the people like the other people in his universe Mm -hmm. they believed in him they they understood where he was coming from right he's a figure that wants to burn it all down he wants to like stick it to the man and that resonates with a lot of people not just in his universe but also in the real world the Joker has a way of getting people behind a cause, but he doesn't do it in any sort of way to help them. He's mm-hmm. doing it for himself. He's only interested if whatever he does actually ends up benefiting him. Other people in the universe, um, what they think about her. So Batman, Batman seems to pity Harley Quinn. Um, his fight's not with her and he understands what she used to be. He understands that this was a woman who had a career and like maybe is being brainwashed, maybe isn't supposed to be on this path. Like Batman gets it. In the animated series, um, Harley Quinn, it's on HBO Max. It's very good. I did so much research. Like I watched so much Harley Quinn stuff. But this one's on HBO Max. It's really, really good. It's animated. Batman gives her a piece of advice. He says, the Joker doesn't love anything except himself wake up harleen but like think of it in like that raspy batman voice wake up harleen wake up harleen (laughs) (laughs) in the 2016 suicide squad he proves just that while being chased by the batman the joker crashes a car into a body of water in order to escape while harley can be heard screaming no i can't swim the joker makes a clean getaway while batman is distracted rescuing harley because she can't swim and she was stuck in the windshield of the car drowning Fun fact, Margot Robbie learned to hold her breath five minutes underwater for that scene. No, thank you, but good for her. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) So in the 2017 Batman and Harley Quinn, also on HBO. I think um, HBO is the big DC. I guess it must um, be, right? (laughs) Well, because I've watched uh, Doom Patrol on there. Oh, yeah. there's, There's a bunch of stuff. It's the official DC channel. That would be a good one to do. Jane from from Doom Patrol. Is Doom Patrol the one with John Cena? No, Doom Patrol is the one with Brendan Fraser and Matthew Bomer and um, Diane Guerrero. Peacemaker is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's new. Doom Patrol is a little bit older. Not okay. not super old, but like 2018 maybe. Okay, that's not old at all. No, no, it's not, yeah. but like it's not as new as Peacemaker. In the 2017 Batman and Harley Quinn, the two actually join forces. Batman helps Quinn. Batman finds Quinn helpful. He won't call her a friend, but like he's grateful for her help. Yeah. The thing is with Batman, too, is he's also one of those like, look, if you're helpful to me in the moment, yeah, I'll I'll use you. Mm-hmm. He might be less obvious about it, but I think 
Like the fair. only thing, the only thing that really distinguishes him from most of the villains he fights is money. Money. Yeah. I don't know. I am H O. I'm a Marvel girl. Sorry. <laughs> True. I, I besides like Harley, I don't. There's not another like DC thing. I tried. I've tried to like get into Wonder Woman because I try and do like the lady stuff, but Wonder Woman. Green is... Lantern Jessica Cruz is pretty interesting. I haven't read much of her stuff, but um, I don't even know what that is. Uh, so the Green Lanterns. The only Green Lantern I know is Ryan Reynolds, and I think that's like really, really old. <laughs> and I think Ryan Reynolds well, this, even. This tries is to a comic book. That. It's not a. Oh, it's not a film see, I necessarily. I can't. I only just books. recently got into them, and they're really cool. My eyes but can't do it. I had to train myself to read them. They're hard. I, I got the last one that I read, and I read really religiously. Was like all of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Like all. But of it. anyone who like talks down about people reading comic books, like oh no, fuck I don't off. do that. I fuck it's off. Ho- no. I mean, well, I didn't think yeah. you did, but like, not me. it might not be your thing, but like, it is a legitimate form of literature and Absolutely. anyone who says otherwise can, can just go fuck off. I also haven't held a book in years. Like I'm strictly audiobooks now. I'm like, you can't do you that can't with do that comics. comics. So no. that, the, that version is just, is it on TV? No. Like just watch the cartoon. I mean, maybe there's a Green Lantern show. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, to be fair, I don't watch uh, a lot of the comic book shows, like the cartoon, mm-hmm. the animated series. Uh, let's get back to Friends. Harley Quinn does have some friends, right? I don't think we can leave that in there. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do you think Warner Brothers is going to be like, that was such a good rendition of the Friends theme song that we're suing you? And we're like, we don't even make money on this podcast. We don't. don't I don't know. Like, whatever. Friends I'm is, just, I'll leave it in. I'm just kidding. Friends is overrated. Oh, fight me. Anyway. Hashtag truth. Hashtag watch living single instead. Because it's a better story. And it and was it the original first. story. Exactly. Don't. Don't get me on this soapbox. Why did you start? Okay. You're the one who sang <laughs> the Friends started. theme song. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of Harley Quinn and her friends. Yeah. They gave her the same advice uh, that Batman does. So again, this HBO Max series with Harley Quinn, the animated one. Um, the show expands on Quinn's relationship with others. So her best friend is Poison Ivy. And they spend a lot of time together trying to get Quinn over her breakup with the Joker. And and Poison Ivy's like, look, I'm here. Like, it's like friend zoned by, she's no. friend zoned. So they're. <laughs> I don't. I wonder if they will get to that. But like, I just watched the first season. There's three seasons. No, there's two out now. The third one starts, I think, at the end of the month. Okay. I wonder if they'll get to that. But they're just like besties and like they're roommates at some point. Like they were roommates <laughs> in quotation marks. It's a real. I mean, if, even if they don't get to like anything sexual. Um, Look, I just make everything queer. I'm like, nope, sorry. They're together. (laughs) They're really good friends and like they are good for each other. So if it sprouts into... That's what you need. Because it's poison ivy. Um, Or blooms. If it blooms into something more, that would be great too. Yes. Quinn's confidence is shot and Ivy is there to help her get it back. This is a relationship that teaches Harley about friendship and what it means to have someone's back. And also the give and take of a reciprocal friendship, which is unlike what her relationship with the Joker, mm-hmm. which is not, it's reciprocal within his needs and, and no more. Mm-hmm. 
right? These concepts are really new to Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy is quite understanding of this and helps her through it. Mm. So Harley's goal on the show is to form a crew. She surrounds herself with misfits who are looking for a leader. From them, she gains confidence and they gain a sense of belonging. Now, in the 2020 film Birds of Prey, we see Harley is... She's still a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, this is shortly after the breakup with the Joker. And she's not particularly nice to anyone. However, she can be kind. And there is a difference. Yes. So can I talk about a TikTok that I saw? And I will share it on our Instagram. It was a TikTok about how New Yorkers are not nice, but we're kind. And West West Coast people are not are nice, but not kind. So this woman was talking about, um, she had like a flat tire in, in both places. So she had a flat tire in California and people were like, oh, that's, you got a flat tire. That's, that's terrible. Hmm. Have a good day. But in New York, they were like, what do you got a flat tire? But you don't know how to fix this move. And they would like fix the tire. <laughs> so it's like, we're not nice to you, but we'll help you figure out the thing that you need help with. We're not going to be nice about it, but like, we'll help you. Apparently they don't do that. I don't know how well the, the East, the West coast thing, I'm basing it purely on this person's TikTok, but the East coast thing, that is for sure a New Yorker thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you think about it too. Like when someone's on the street and they need help with directions, <laughs> what are you lost? You idiot. <laughs> but, but it is like, if you go, excuse me, excuse me, I'm just going to fucking ignore you and keep walking. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, Hey, how do you get here? I will say, Oh yeah. Turn down this block or go four blocks this way or whatever. Well, yeah. But you've got to be direct and tell mm-hmm. me what you need and not say excuse me or like do you have a minute because no i don't have a fucking minute well i mean like i've done that before too where someone had been like oh i'm trying to get to like barclay center and i'm like oh okay you go this way and then you go that way have a good day but like i told you how to get there yeah i wasn't nice about it but i took the time to tell you how to get there but and if I they had tried the to get your attention going oh excuse me excuse me i, I no yeah. i I don't have time for that because honestly, I think you're trying to get me to give you money to like Children's International. Oh my God, those people are back. I'm like, I guess the pandemic's over because those people are back in full force. Have I I told that story on the podcast about Children's International? Oh no, tell it now. Do you, I, you maybe, maybe you remember because it was when I was working in at the Barnes and Noble in Tribeca. They used to plant up outside. I was late for work one time. And yeah, that's why I was like, never again. Okay, so I was running late for work that day, and I was walking down the street. And you know, they always have a thing to like get your attention. Oh, wait, whatever. Is the people who don't know, people okay. don't walk in other places. That's true. <laughs> okay, so in New York and maybe in other places, mm-hmm. I don't know, but definitely in New York. When people want to do fundraising for a particular organization, Children's International, ASPCA, Planned Parenthood, has Planned Parenthood yeah. uh, ACLU, all mm-hmm. of those organizations, they hire people to go out onto the street and try and like stop pedestrians and get them to sign up to give money mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And... And I did actually do it for ACLU once, but that's because I like was already thinking how I wanted to donate to them at that time. But one day I was walking to work and I was running late and I was like hustling down the street and it was Children's International. It didn't register until later. But as they came at me, they're like, hi, do you like children? And I was like, no. (laughs) And I just kept walking. I did not know who they were, but I was like, <laughs> random street survey? No. <laughs> like, do you like children? Look, 
I was kind. I was kind. What is it? That's what we, we are. We're kind, but not nice. Yeah. <laughs> I answered their question. <laughs> <laughs> but they literally were like, do you like children? And I just answered no and kept walking. Then I was like, oh, they were one of those people that was trying to get me to sign up to give money for yeah. something. But like, I bet they never heard an answer just like that direct with it because usually those people we just ignore or like yeah. i've pretended i've been on my phone oh, absolutely. before my phone yeah. is so interesting when i have to walk through and there's usually it's like you ever play that game octopus in like elementary school where like they stand in one place and they're like reaching out no but okay uh, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i'm old anyway so like they stand in one place and you have to like kind of dodge around them and now they're usually have like three of them so like one of them is always free to like talk to you. So you have to like dodge them. Mm -hmm. And like during like the pandemic is still happening, but like New York doesn't believe in it anymore. Oh my gosh. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. No, especially this new, this new strand is like super contagious and everyone is at it. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't got it yet. That's another podcast, but during like the, the The big swell of the pandemic, like those people were not on the streets anymore. And I remember when I saw one, I was like, Oh, I guess we're back in it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, we're back up uh, begging on the street for stuff. And it's like, those organizations do need funds, but I just don't think that that's the best way to collect. But I wonder how successful they are because I will donate to Planned Parenthood on my own time and I have, but like I never talk to anybody on the street about, oh, we're going to give you like my credit card information on the street. Like that seems yeah. insane. Like no. Super sketch. Yeah. Anyway, we have gone on a tangent and a half. I don't tangent even remember. City. Let's stroll, scroll our notes. Oh, you were talking about that. Okay. I was talking about not nice, but kind. Okay. So, but I wanted to give an example from the, the film um, Birds of Prey about mm-hmm. this, like this idea of nice, not nice, but kind. And here, like we see Black Canary actually go out of her way to save Harley Quinn after being insulted by her shortly before this, mm-hmm. right? And Canary can see that Quinn has a good heart and is worthy of being trusted. So she goes out of her way to do this. Yeah. But they were really like nasty to each other just moments before. Yeah, she she compliments her. Harley Quinn compliments Black Canary on being a good singer. But then she 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 refers to her as, hey, you're that singer that nobody listens to. <laughs> because she has a good voice, but no one's paying attention to her. And Harley's just pointing out a sad fact, but the way she does it is like, not nice, but kind. Like, you're that singer that nobody... Well, I mean, before that, she compliments. She's like, oh, you have a really good voice. Yeah. And then it's, you're that singer that nobody listens to. And I think uh, Black Canaries is something like, you're that asshole that nobody likes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So we just talked a little bit about Harley Quinn within her universe and the different Mm -hmm. characters and how they look at her. But let's talk a little bit about how audiences sort of react to her. We'll start with Harley Quinn's looks, right? They've evolved over time from, you know, sort of this cute cartoon to clown dominatrix to casual fashionista. So when we first meet Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated Series, she's all covered up. She wears a checkered red and black leotard and a little headdress. She's keeping with the traditional origins of a Harlequin. Yeah. Her look tells us that she's a force, but she doesn't need sex appeal to show her power. Exactly. By the time Quinn makes it to the comics, however, her looks have filled out a bit, you could say. Mm -hmm. She has a bit more cleavage, more curves. 
And while keeping her costume mostly the same, the artists were able to age her up a bit with these curves. While the comic books matured her looks, though, Batman Arkham Asylum altered her. So in the 2019 video game, Batman Arkham Asylum, Harley is mostly unrecognizable. Her outfit is racy. She's wearing a tight corset, making her look real thin. That's paired with a tiny mini skirt and thigh-high boots. Because of course it is. Mm -hmm. Her character wiggles and gyrates, honestly, constantly. Also, her personality seems to change a bit here, too. She's a darker, more evil version of Harley Quinn. Now, Paul Dini, who created the character in the first place and and actually wrote the game, defended the controversial changes, saying, I wanted to make it clear that Harley Quinn was out of her mind. I mean, Paul could just be like trying something new or, you know, maybe the male gaze has entered the chat. You think? Mm -hmm. Either way, sex sells and that game did very well. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it was because of the Batman. Anyway. Some female fans did note that they felt like Harley wasn't for them anymore mm-hmm. right, with these changes. You know, like we said before, she didn't need flashy sex appeal to be likable. She was funny and cunning. And this attracted female comic book fans mm-hmm. and video game fans and so on. Her sudden sexy and revealing dominatrix look was honestly very clearly and obviously being marketed towards men. Mm-hmm. This aggressively nearly nude look continued to the DC comic books reboot of the Suicide Squad, the part of the New 52 that we were talking about. So that look made it to the first ever big screen appearance of Harley Quinn in the 2016 Suicide Squad movie. Seeing it animated was one thing, but having the actress Margot Robbie turned into little more than a sexual fantasy for the male gaze was really hard to watch. Which is why I didn't. Like, mm-hmm. honestly... I, I it was one of those things where like I wanted to give it a chance, but I was mm. just like so grossed out by the way they portrayed her, even just in the ads and the previews yeah. that I it just it didn't appeal to me. And and now having watched Birds of Prey in particular, it might be interesting to go back and contrast the two. I think so. I think but, so. And then watch the James the Gunn one to be like, oh, this is how it should have been. So I. I watched it because it was the first time that Harley Quinn was on the big screen. And I remember the animated series. Like, that's how I got introduced to Harley Quinn. But the director, David Ayer's version of Harley Quinn, he he keeps the pigtails. They're dyed blue and pink. Um, She's wearing tiny shorts that are basically underwear with a belt. So a tattered t-shirt that says Daddy's Monster. Um, And she's wearing a red varsity jacket. But it's, like, so thin that it's not, like, a jacket jacket. It's just, like, sleeves. Basically. That's Basically. what that's what I it's, call it's when I wear like a sequence. super light cardigan. It's yeah, like, like oh, a little my shrug sleeves. almost. Yeah, because like when I learned it was a varsity jacket, I was like, that's not a varsity jacket. No. <laughs> no. So all of that is paired with high-heeled sneaker boots. And because you see so much skin, you could see all of Harley Quinn's tattoos. So most okay. of them are about the Joker. And most of them are applied by Quinn herself. Like they're all upside down, the ones on her thighs. Oh, So that's yeah. like kind of interesting to see, but she's she's very naked. Yeah, well, the wardrobe choices paid homage to the New 52 and the Arkham video game series. Robbie also pulled inspiration from Debbie Harry's late 70s punk look, which that's kind of cool. There's a really, I'm going to share it on the uh, gram. There's a really cool photo of like their outfits side by side. It's very similar. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I see where you were going. 
Yeah. But honestly, audiences did not love it. Mm -hmm. Like the consensus was that it oversexualized her. She's supposed to be a tough fighter. And if she kicks too high, like her freaking labia is going to be visible. It's Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) (laughs) but honestly, at the same time, there were many people who did love it. Like I remember the year that the movie came out. That version of Harley Quinn was the most cosplayed female cosplay at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw young girls who were, like, eight or nine years old dressed that way. And, like, yikes. That's gross. Like, their parents, like, I'm sorry, because it said Daddy's Monster. Like, I also, I have, like, a problem. With, I also, I don't like hearing adults say Daddy at all. No. It's weird to me. It's Not gross. my thing. You know what? Teach your own. We're to not here to sex own. shame. We're not going to kink shame anybody. But, like, for me... Uh, yeah but also like her look it, it was very it, you're right it was everywhere i do remember it at comic-con it was mass marketed by hot topic very quickly mm-hmm. but the whole outfit looked very hot topic from the beginning like it looked cheap and i feel like it and that was harley quinn is is better than than what they put her in it's true and like but it was an easy thing to cosplay if you could yeah. get a hold of that t-shirt daddy's monster mm-hmm. all it took was a pair of short shorts mm-hmm. some fishnet stockings and you know honestly whatever footwear like what yeah. depending on how accurate you wanted to be and a little manic panic in your hair and yeah. there you go Robbie herself spoke up about this during an interview. She admitted that she didn't love how much the outfits clung to her body. Like she's, I'll link this interview somewhere too because she's very diplomatic. She also wasn't a fan of doing such tense action stunts in such little coverage. Doing all of those stunts without proper protection and in tricky stilettos left Robbie open to injury. Even her jewelry was a problem. So she wore these like gold spike bangles Uh and she just kept stabbing herself with them on her thighs constantly. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And she did almost like 70% of her own stunts. So, which is awesome, but when yeah. you're dressed like that, yeah. it's, and honestly, that's one of my issues with female superheroes in general is so often they're so over-sexualized mm-hmm. and created for the male gaze that like no one would fight first of all with their hair down, which is one thing yeah. I love from Birds of yes. Prey when they're like the hair, hair tie. tie. Oh my god, that whole scene. <sighs> we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get, I'll to, get it. to it. That whole scene is amazing. So, like, you're not going to fight with your hair down. Mm-hmm. And you're also, like, not going to fight half naked. That's another yeah. thing from Birds of Prey that I liked is that she has this, like, even though her corset is, like, skimpy, it's bulletproof. Yeah. And that's cool. But, like, and I also what like about her thing. arms? And what about, yeah. like, the rest of her that's not bulletproof because of that? So that bulletproof uh corset is worn by rosie perez and like i like that they put like an older actress in it because it's like older women are still sexy she didn't have to wear like a frumpy sack like put her in the corset it's bulletproof do it and she looked great Mm -hmm. robbie also noted that all the other members of the suicide squad had much more modest costumes than she did she was the only member of the cast in hot pants and heels while others were in like literal combat gear yeah like just i mean even if you don't want to watch it just even google images of it like will smith is one of the characters in that movie and he's got like pants with like knee protection like he's completely covered up like everyone Mm -hmm. is completely covered and she looks weird standing next to them being so and there's a scene where she's changing her clothing and everyone has stopped to watch her and she's like wait what why is everybody looking at me and it's like oh because you were naked just now so the filming of this movie sounds like a bit of a nightmare, but Margot Robbie has a love for this character. So she endured a lot to play her. 
In May 2016, ahead of the release of Suicide Squad, Warner Brothers Pictures announced a spin-off film focusing on Harley Quinn and several other female DC comic heroes and villains. Robbie was attached as a star and producer under her company Lucky Chap Entertainment. So I'm just going to like fangirl really quickly. I love Margot Robbie. Like All right. She's like one of my favorites. Um, so the mission statement for her production company is to create female-focused films and television productions. So, so far they have produced I, Tanya, Promising Young Woman, and Birds of Prey. Also, there's the Barbie film that's going to be coming I am so year. fucking excited for this Barbie movie. Really? Like, okay, so I didn't think I would be because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, a Barbie movie, whatever. But like, okay, hold on a second. I'm just going to pull this up because like the fuck like this is amazing. So this Barbie movie is coming out next year and not only does it have Margot Robbie starring in it, it has um, Emma McKee who's from sex education and Mm -hmm. she kind of looks like a young version of Margot Robbie. I'm pretty sure she's going to play Skipper, but it's not, she's not listed. Mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling as Ken, Will Ferrell, Nicola Coughlin, uh, Simu Liu, who was um, Chen Chi. Okay. Uh, America Ferrera, Michael Sarah, Kate McKinnon, Rhea Perlman. Like, oh, they definitely the added cat- a bunch of people. In Kuti Gatwa. Um, Issa Rae. You buried the lead. I didn't see her. I just looked at her now. Like, I'm looking it up now, too, because I knew that there was something. Okay, people. I just went to IMDb and she's not on, like, the first page of it. Mm. So. I missed it. But, like, the cast is fucking stellar. Like, I don't even care. I just want to go see this movie. It's got um this Ritu Aria is in it, and she's in um the Umbrella Academy, I believe. Mm. Let me double check, because, yeah, she's in the Umbrella Academy, and I really like her in that. Yeah, so <laughs> I am just excited for this Barbie movie, because, like, the cast is just, like, fucking amazing i'm interested to see what she does with it just because like i loved promising young woman like i remember that i was supposed to see that and then the pandemic happened and i was so bummed and i just like kept waiting i was like when is it coming out then when is it coming out when can i see it and the second i could see it i went to go see it and i was not disappointed and like all the films that she's a part of are like i is fantastic Mm -hmm. like she does a really really good job um so all of these films they take a deeper look into womanhood the motivations and the worlds women find themselves in so there are films about women who are challenging the patriarchy. Woo woo! Margot Robbie is doing the work and I'm here for it. I want to see anything she produces. Yeah, definitely. But going back to Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie insisted on a female director, yes. Kathy Yen, and a female writer, Christina Hodson. And honestly, this made all the difference, right? Mm-hmm. In addition, Robbie was directly involved from the start, like as a producer. So this must have helped at least a little bit in like making the stuff that she had to put up with with suicide squad like it it, well well that was super difficult it also made it maybe perhaps a little more bearable because she was able to evolve the character yeah like she was probably like "Mm, okay i see this happening we won't be doing half naked stunts in my film yeah and you know what she still looked really sexy in that film absolutely but she didn't have to be naked to be sexy. I I think it's, if anything, it's sexier. more. It's sexier for maybe not the Harley Quinn character, but maybe for Margot Robbie to know all the shit that she had to deal with to do that. Like, 
she's an impressive actress because she put up with so much to play this character and actually still wanted to play this character. Like she did this to be like, okay, this is how my character gets introduced, but I'm going to flip the script on it. I just need to do this first. Right. She was able to create it in a way so that like not everything from the Suicide Squad film carried over. Yeah. You know what else didn't carry over from the 2016 Suicide Squad film? sexism right Mm -hmm. so suicide squad had two of the strongest female characters in the dc universe you had harley quinn and you had amanda waller played by fucking viola davis like what you can't get better than that so waller is the creator of the suicide squad and calls all the shots but both women are undercut every turn in a review written by jonathan lack titled suicide squad is awful sexist pandering incoherent trash that title Jonathan. A plus. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Lack says, quote, and then there's Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Where to begin? This character simultaneously represents everything that is promising and everything that is disgusting about the movie. Robbie is all in and she's got Harley's voice and energy down pat, only to be stuck playing director David Ayer's porn star teenage fantasy version of the character, scantily clad, shot for maximum objectification at all times, and in one scene, literally playing the role of go-go dancer at Joker's nightclub. And I don't want to hear how it's okay because Harley is aware of her sexuality and uses it to her advantage to gain an upper hand on men. That's just couching toxic sexism in slightly more flattering terms while still reducing all conversation about the film's female lead to her role as a sex object. Like, snaps again, right? Yeah. Like, like that's... And, like, the whole... We'll link it somewhere. The whole article is great. But, like, that was just, like... Thank you, Jonathan. Like, you absolutely got it. You nailed it. Thank you. So, Birds of Prey leaves that male gaze at the door. And, like, what does that mean in this context? Quinn's clothes are sexy and cute, but on her terms. Like, she wears, like, a crop top with suspenders and, like, loose-fitting denim shorts because, like, she has to kick high, so she can't be wearing something that's, like, so tight that she wouldn't have mobility. Mm -hmm. You know? So her clothes aren't clinging to her. Nothing says daddy or marks her as belonging to someone else. Her shirt actually says Harley Quinn all over it, which is really fucking awesome. So her pigtails are chopped and her bangs are rough. Like there's no like face framing angles. There's no looking beautifully broken. Queen is allowed to ugly cry over her breakup without needing to look perfect in every scene. And uh, honestly, that's key. That's what we want to see. We want to see that realistic, like, you know what? When I have emotions, I'm not looking perfect while being upset. Mm -hmm. In another review of the 2020 film written by Ali Gamil, she says, The fruits of Robbie's influence as a producer are very much felt in Birds of Prey, with Yen at the helm and a genuinely kick-ass team of female actors assembled to portray the titular girl gang, Birds of Prey is a breath of fresh air in a male-dominated field. Love that. Mm-hmm. She goes on to highlight, as she puts it, Harley's emancipation from her toxic, shitty ex-boyfriend and her attraction to a group of like-minded women who she can genuinely see as friends. Gamille adds, Birds of Prey is unapologetically feminist, devoid of a lecherous or problematic male gaze so frequently utilized in movies of its ilk and acts as a shot of life so necessary to the DC extended universe. I mean, again... The reviews for this film were fantastic and so dead on. So like, and especially after Suicide Squad, which was yeah. like 
trash. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just nice to see that they could turn it around mm-hmm. and make it its own thing and really yeah. give her agency. Which I'm really glad that she set up beforehand having a follow-up movie because I feel like the studio would have tried to get out of it. Be like, oh, this movie didn't do well, so why would we give you a spinoff film? Like, she set that deal up before Suicide right. Squad came out, so really good for her. But the attention to detail in Birds of Prey is amazing. So, like, be it, like, the fighting styles or the personalities, like, none of these women are alike because women are not a monolith. We're right? all different. They're allowed to be their own people, flaws and all. Like, I cannot recommend this film enough. Like, I saw it, like, three times in the theaters and like countless times since then. Like I'm obsessed. Honestly, like I said, I just saw it for the first time this morning, right before we did this episode. I was like, you know what? I definitely need to watch this. Mm -hmm. And I will say it is the first DC comic book movie that I have enjoyed since the dark Knight. Wow. And that's, you know, I just, I I think DC normally takes themselves a little too seriously. They do. And, I didn't get this feeling here. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. It wasn't necessarily breaking the fourth wall exactly, although she does do it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, even though there was this one moment where um, Black Canary says to the young girl in the film, like, when did she have time to change she her shoe shoes? Change, yeah. Right? And it was like, yeah, like acknowledging that is mm-hmm. important, but also just allowing it to happen is yeah. cool. Like, Yeah, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously here. Let's dig a little bit beyond this big reputation that Mm -hmm. a character like Harley Quinn has. I think it's important to remember that Quinn is a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. right? She's aware of her own issues and the issues of people around her. But due to her eroding sanity, it's hard for her to work through some of these issues. Dr. Harleen Quinzel pops into her subconscious from time to time to assist. It's sort of this, like, dueling personality. Yeah. So in the HBO animated series that I talked about, uh, Harley Quinn, the former version of herself will appear to have, like, a session with her when she's being, like, out of pocket or she's doing something reckless or if she needs a reality check. And in Birds of Prey, after breaking a dude's leg for calling her a dumb slut, like yes. you should... Like you should. If I could, I would. (laughs) Quinn reminds him that she's not dumb. She's got a PhD. (laughs) Throughout the film, she breaks the fourth wall to give us her medical diagnosis for a person or a scenario that she's currently dealing with. Her training as a psychiatrist gives her a knack for getting into people's heads. Right. In addition to being a skilled manipulator herself, she is prone to explosive fits of rage and she has a violent streak, especially if she feels that she's been wronged. Now, again... Like, let's think about this dude with the broken legs, mm-hmm. right? So those violent fits make her the perfect partner for the Joker, who is the king of just-because kills. Dr. Quinzel, right, the the original version of Harley Quinn before mm-hmm. she becomes Harley Quinn, would actually probably diagnose Harley Quinn with dependent personality disorder. Now, people with DPD often feel helpless, submissive, or incapable of taking care of themselves. They may have trouble making simple decisions. Quinn didn't make a move without the Joker, and when she did, she was punished for it. So, like, that would make her not do it in exactly. the future. Yeah. Though their love was one-sided, Quinn just needed to be needed. She spent most of her time trying to make things perfect for the Joker and seeking his approval. Oh, girl, no. Dependent personality disorder could give us an explanation for why she was with the Joker for so long, but also why she works well in a group. Right, She needs to be a part of something. 
she found a family with the Suicide Squad, also with the Gotham City Sirens, and most recently with the Birds of Prey. Like, she found family as a big thing for her. Yeah. And as much as she seemed to be, like, bothered by people, she needs them around to give her a sense of purpose and to help make decisions and also to prove that she can take care of herself. So we mentioned earlier that Harley Quinn started off as a villain, but she's evolved into an anti-hero. What's the motivation for this change? Like, could it be boredom, redemption, or maybe even a little bit of guilt? Well, you know, Quinn is a murderer. She's hurt people who didn't deserve it. And she's even done it, like, laughing. Mm-hmm. Her evolution into anti-hero could be a way of making amends for those deaths and crimes. That's a possibility. Or it could be that she wasn't even really evil. She was just under the Joker's spell and doing his bidding. Harley Quinn's incarnations have always given us at least a glimpse of a softer side in a sense that she's capable of genuinely caring about others. So her relationship with her pet hyenas, Bud and Lou. Or Bruce, as Bruce. he's called in the Birds of Prey movie, which is so funny because like... that hunky Bruce Wayne guy. Right. As like, because... <laughs> You Does know, she not know his identity? No, like, that's the thing. <laughs> that's, that's that's what really made funny. it so funny. That's hysterical. But also, her relationship with Poison Ivy in the comics, uh, the teams in the Suicide Squad, the movies, and in the comics, they all show that she can be loyal and that she can care for people. But Quinn's constant hesitation to do the right thing is what makes and keeps her an anti-hero. She struggles with selfishness and a need to look out for herself first, even when that means that someone else might suffer. Like the, the little girl in Birds of Prey. Yeah, she, but she's... She comes around. She comes around, but she was willing to do the right thing until someone did the wrong thing to her. Remember with Doc, he's like, it's just business. And she's like, you know what? It is just business. Right. And then she comes around. That made she's like, me I so sad. That made me really sad because it was like the one person like she trusted. Yeah. And it was like, Aww. don't trust men. Don't trust men. Hmm. Fuck so, <laughs> Harley Quinn isn't a hero, and that's okay. Honestly, we prefer her flaws. Yeah. Heroes are perfect, and they must always do the right thing, look the right way. You know, female superheroes are not allowed to have a bad day. They're certainly not allowed to be selfish. So I don't know if this is a spoiler alert, but like, spoiler alert for a couple of superheroes right now. Think of Wonder Woman giving up the love of her life to reverse everyone's wishes in that god-awful Wonder Woman 1984 movie. Did you see that movie? No, I didn't because honestly, Ugh. I'm not going to lie, I didn't love the first one and I wanted to. I wanted I, to too. love it so bad. Me too. I, just, I needed to love it, but I couldn't. The And you know what my biggest problem with it was? It was that in the first place, she was being a hero for a man she was doing it to yeah. save chris pine's character mm -hmm. and i don't need that love story but so i feel like what you're talking about with wonder woman she doesn't have anything else she struggles to make friendships her the only thing she has is this love story with chris pine and it yeah. continues to the oh. second one like in the in the 1984 and i had such high hopes like it was another one that was like it's gonna come out and the pandemic like ruined it and i was really upset and then when i finally saw it i was so disappointed like mm. she's struggling to make a friend with like Kristen wig and it's like okay you've been here for years you have no friends <laughs> you've just been sitting at home waiting for chris pine to maybe show up but like she has nothing else besides her love story her character is such a disappointment. She's not the only one, though, right? She's not. No. So, like, another spoiler alert. Black Widow tossing herself off a cliff for Hawkeye? Hawkeye? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, that's how she goes out? Like, these women are not allowed to be selfish. And when they are selfish, Wanda Maximoff 
AKA the Scarlet Witch. Now you're a villain if you're selfish, right? Like I all Wanda wanted was a peaceful family life. Exactly. That makes me so like I not too much like spoilers, but like I really liked the Doctor Strange movie, but also it made me very sad. Like I don't know why they had to do her like that. They've been they did Wanda dirty for so many movies. Like I, it makes me very sad where they've taken her character. But I will say Elizabeth Olsen does a good job at it. Yeah, she's fantastic. I am quite partial to the Doctor, the newest Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness, mm. simply because it has my favorite superhero, which is America Chavez. So, Do, have you seen? Before I saw it, people were like, "Not to spoil anything, but her superpower is immigration, and that's weird <laughs> because she can go from like place to place." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, "That's a real boiling down of her power," but it's kind of funny. But also, like. Spoiler alert from the comics, like, Mm. and I don't know which way they'll go in the MCU because the first set of comics has her being from like an alternate dimension, but Mm -hmm. the second set of comics reveals that she actually has Puerto Rican ancestry. Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens, so that's all I'm saying. Anyway, with Quinn, we have a strong female lead and and she's there for all of us in the ways that the writers don't allow characters like Mm. the Scarlet Witch Black Widow and Wonder Woman to be there for us, right? You know, we're not perfect Mm -hmm. and we don't want to be. So Quinn is relatable. Like, honestly, who of us has been hung up on the wrong guy or gal, right? Who hasn't been bitchy to a friend when they're drunk or hungry? Quinn's flaws paired with her positive outlook, though, make her interesting and entertaining. It's kind of like when you think about male villains or anti-heroes and stuff mm-hmm. loki is one that a lot of people yeah. resonate like they understand why loki is the way he is yeah no i get it and and i think that's the same with harley quinn is mm-hmm. like we get it we understand where she's coming from even if we know that that's not the healthy route to take mm-hmm. so harley quinn represents a new kind of woman she's not a role model She just is. Without the pressures of living up to something, she's allowed to find herself and define herself. Final thoughts, takeaways. What do you got? So I, I've said it before, I love this character. I love Harley Quinn. Um, I think what Margot Robbie is doing with Harley Quinn is really special. She seems to be walking back the uh, oversex, strictly for male gaze version that she was becoming. So that's nice. Robbie's made Harley Quinn more relatable. I think that there's still room for improvement. She can kind of come off as a little bit too carefree. While in her early cartoon version, she literally cried all the time from like having too much emotion. So there's wiggle room there to like yeah, something focus in between, down the character. Right? Yeah. But I love that her character has been allowed to evolve. So we might see new things from her. I also love like the girl power energy. Like you were talking about in the scene, in the in the fight scene where she like she gives uh, Black Canary a hair tie. Like, yes, that whole scene was so like real woman strong. And it made me think of the scene. A uh, spoiler alert again. I don't know. It's been too long. There's a scene in Endgame where I think Thanos is like, oh, you're all alone. And like all the female Avengers come up and they're like, she's not alone. And like their periods sink it, up or whatever. It was so pandering. It was so cheesy. It was so cheesy. And it just, it, it took me out of the movie. I was I just like, I wanted Ugh. to be excited for that moment, but I was like, it eh. felt forced. It felt men writing women. Yeah, exactly. Like this movie, 
even just that fight scene did what they were hoping for in that Avenger scene, but did it genuinely. Yes. And this the whole movie just felt like the, the spirit of like just women hanging out, helping each other, forming friendships. Like and it's having an alliance that was based on like taking down the man. Yeah. I I loved it. What what about you? What are your takeaways? I mean, honestly, I really never knew a lot about Harley Quinn before doing this episode. And I have to say, I was really turned off by the whole 2016 Suicide Squad portrayal of her. And like to the point where I didn't really want to know about her. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I whatever. I how many people like feel the same way, though. Like, I, I think that movie ruined it for a lot of people. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I was wrong. She's a great, complex character. She's no hero, and she's done plenty of wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. But she's so much more than Joker's girlfriend or Joker's, like, patsy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I'm going to actually go out and pick up some of her comics and learn more about her stories, right? Because I've gotten into reading comics lately. But I will say, honestly, I'm probably going to start with the newer stuff that, like, at least had a woman as part of the writing team mm-hmm. because I feel like at that point... also. Not an Adam Glass fan, but um, fair. But I will say that, like, if if we can make her portrayal more honest and realistic to a woman's experience, and and I don't have to relate to her exactly. I'm not exactly. looking for that. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking for something that's realistic. Yeah, and I think that's where I'll find it. I think those. Uh the Jimmy and Amanda ones, I think yes. you'll like. That's, think that's you'll like where this. I think I'd like to start. Mm-hmm. So beyond the comics themselves and the movies that we've discussed, we do have a few resources and references that we'd like to recommend if you want to know more about Harley Quinn and the way her character's been created and portrayed over the years. First off is Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey producer role proves she's an influential, necessary voice. And that's by Ali Gamil, which is a, a source that we've referenced earlier in the episode. The evolution of Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, done for the take. That's on YouTube. DC comic novels, Harley Quinn, Mad Love by Paul Dini. Actually, I have that. We could raffle that off. Ooh. Ooh, All raffle. Right, so what do we do for the raffle? I don't know how to do raffles. We'll figure it out. Um, if you tweet at us that you listen to this episode and you're interested in the book, mm-hmm. then we will collect your names and do one of those like Google wheel things. Yes. And we will send the winner this book. Ooh, do it. I like that. That works. Okay. Another source that we use, Margaret Robbie on Becoming Harley Quinn and The Most Unpleasant Thing I've Ever Done by David Benacourt for The Washington Post. There's also the DC Comic Database, which will give you a lot of uh, background information on Harley Quinn. And then there's Birds of Prey, The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, directed by Kathy Yang that came out in 2020. We've been talking about it. You should watch it. You should go watch it right now and let me know what you think. So what did you think of this episode? Share your thoughts with us. Do you have any suggestions for other female anti-heroes we should cover? Follow the podcast on Twitter at Big Rep Pod and Instagram and TikTok at Big Reputations Pod. Send us a message or email us at BigReputationsPod at gmail.com. 
Honestly, we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on our episode. Mm -hmm. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Share us with your friends, your family, your fellow sirens. Subscribe and leave a five-star review. And check out our Big Reputations merch. The link is in the show notes, as well as in our Linktree link found on our social media platforms. Thanks again to our wonderful logo designer, Samantha Marmalejo, for putting that together for us. Be sure to take a picture and tag us when you make a purchase. All right, let's wrap this week's episode up. What quote do you have for us this week, Kim? So it's from Harley Quinn, of course. Of course. It's, no one is like me. You know what? That's the truth. And as always, believe women. Believe women.